Welcome to the Level Up Life Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Hobbs, and welcome to this episode. Today, we're gonna have a conversation with Jenny Hauschen. She started out dancing at the age of two and eventually became a professional dancer. Along that journey, she struggled with body dysmorphia and found a love for health and fitness. She had a huge aspirations to become a world-known fitness professional and is now a body trainer and creating an incredible community called Empower You. Jenny, welcome to the show. Some of my audience will know who you are um, because they do classes with you, but tell us a little about like, who is Jenny? Like yeah. who's Jenny and what do you do? And you can, you can say all of the things if you want. Okay. I'll do my best to sum it up. Um, so I am a virtual fitness instructor. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a nutrition coach specializing in weight loss for women over 30. I am a body trainer as well. Former professional dancer um lover of cooking and pickleball and um I'm an entrepreneur as well I have a community membership called empower you and wear a bunch of different hats but in the end my mission is to just help people get fit and feel more confident in their bodies I love that so you do a lot of you take on a lot of roles it sounds like I I love that. And I love hearing that because sometimes I'll run into someone and they're like, I am this. And it's like, they kind of define themselves by one thing, but you share all of like, you love pickleball. You have a community of women that you help and, and you're very clear on your mission, helping women over 30. I, I love hearing that. So I, I always, I'm interested in learning how people are, how they are in, in life in general. So you mentioned dance, that you are a dancer. When did that start? When did you start dancing? What, what did that look like for you? Yeah. My mom forced me into my first dance class when I was like two years old and I was so scared to do it. I was crying. Didn't want to do it at all. I was like, what, what's going on? Like all these girls in this room, I don't know what, what I'm getting myself into, but I remember leaving that dance class just with a big smile on my face saying, mom, I love this. I want to keep doing this. And so that was literally all I did growing up. I don't know how to play any sports. I did gymnastics for a little stint, but absolutely no sports. Um, and just immersed myself in dance class every single day. Literally Monday through Sunday, I was at the dance studio training in jazz, tap, musical theater, lyrical, a um, little bit of ballroom in there, hip hop, and eventually pursued a dance career at 18. I got a dance agent and would travel from Orange County to LA, which is a two hour commute to go to these auditions and these catacalls with like three or 400 other dancers. I'd get seen for like five minutes and then get rejected most of the time. And then would drive back, do the long commute and would just do that over and over and over again. And it was brutal. Like if for anyone who is pursuing a career in entertainment, like we all understand how hard it is. It's just like in any industry, it's <laughs> oversaturated. There's so many people competing for these few select spots. And so um, that was kind of like my first uh, step into the real world of just getting rejected. And um, it actually what kind of spawned my body dysmorphia, um, especially, you know, as as a dancer, you are being judged by how you look, uh, your physical appearance is a huge factor when it comes to booking gigs. And so 
that's what led to, you know, a lot of self-esteem issues as a teenage girl and, you know, someone in my early 20s, I was constantly comparing myself to other girls who were getting the spot and they had flatter stomachs than me and they were smaller and all these things. And so, um, yeah, my dance career ended up forcing me to kind of look at my health and my fitness, my physical appearance. And it kind of motivated me to want to pay attention to it more. So we, we can go into that, but that's, that's yeah. essentially how I became a dancer. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there and we can talk yeah. about some of that during, during this whole episode. So I, I'm curious about this too. I'm, I'm here to learn because my daughter wants to be a professional dancer. Uh, nice. she, she's, competition dancer she's dancing like you say how much you were dancing I'm like that sounds like her and she wants to be like she wants to be an NFL cheerleader as well but she's like they only make like $200 a game I think so I need to find some other path with that so what did a what did a professional dancer what did that look like did you book some gigs because you mentioned you got rejected a lot like mm -hmm. What kind of things did you do in dance with that? Yeah, career? so I did some live appearances. I was a dancer at Disneyland, so that was really fun. Um, it was a consistent gig that I was able to do. Um, so that was really fun, just being able to perform like at the amusement park. Um, I also did some commercials. They weren't really dance commercials. They were more acting. So when you become a dancer, you might get into roles where um, you're not really dancing. It might just be a little bit of movement, but you have to kind of learn how to act on a commercial as well. So I got into that a little bit. I did some movie appearances. Um, my biggest credit was probably dancing with Neo and Pitbull at the MTV uh, Music Video Awards. Oh, that's um, cool. In 2011. So that was really, really fun. I was able to see Beyonce and Bruno Mars and Britney Spears backstage. It was so cool. Um, so that's definitely like one of my top experiences that I had. That's incredible. And to remember that it took years and years of work and rejection, starting with your dance, dancing at the age of two. Yeah. So. Years, years of work. And I even made like an Excel spreadsheet at the time. I listed out all the auditions that I was going to. And every time I was rejected, I would highlight it in red. And then if I ever booked the gig, I would highlight it in green. And for most of my Excel spreadsheet, it was all red and then like a little bit of green in there. And um, I remember, you know, talking to you 10 plus years ago, it's like the more no's you get in life, the closer you are to a yes. And so I just like had that mindset as a dancer. I, I learned early on, okay, the more I get rejected, the more likely I'll be, I'll then be able to succeed later on. So I just have to keep going. I love that. I love that piece of advice. So anybody listening, remember that the more no's that you get in life, the closer you'll get to that. Yes. So you, you're dancing and you have this, you run into some body dysmorphia feelings. And so, so how did you start into your health and fitness career? Cause that's the main space that you're in right now. So what did that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while I was pursuing a career in dance, uh, the best side hustle, um, was fitness because it was kind of like dancing. You could, um, 
teach a class, get a free workout because you got paid for it essentially. Um, and it was just a great way to, to stay in shape for my dance career. So I um, first started out as a dance fitness instructor for a celebrity fitness trainer. That was my um, kind of step in the door as far as um, training as a fitness instructor in LA. Once I finished dancing or working with her, I started to explore different fitness options. So I worked as a coach for Orange Theory. I started working at um, a, a big franchise gym in LA and was just getting my feet wet in all different forms of fitness. So dance fitness, cardio kickboxing, strength training, um, HIIT. I learned about treadmill workouts, rowing, all these different things and really started to develop a passion for fitness. I found myself going to more fitness classes rather than dance classes. And I realized like, what's going on here? Like I, I love dance, but I am putting more and more time into this fitness thing. And, um, and so early on, I was like, you know, I, I need to make ends meet because I was struggling as a dancer. And um, I still wanted to get in shape as well because I did have that body dysmorphia and I felt like I needed to lose weight. And I ended up seeing a T25 infomercial on TV when we used to have infomercials at the time. And so that's how I got introduced to Beachbody, which it was Beachbody at the time. I ended up buying the program, immediately saw that there was like a coaching opportunity, researched about the coaching opportunity, found you, Scotty, on YouTube was immediately just like attracted to your vibe and your energy and became a coach under you. And I started, I started, you know, sharing my health and fitness journey online on, Insta on Instagram. And that's how I was able to start transitioning my, my brand, my, you know, what I was about and just became a health and fitness coach. And, and that, that's how I got my start. That's awesome. So you had to yeah. start, <laughs> that's crazy to think back on that. So you found that fitness program, started helping people with those programs as well. Uh, mm -hmm. You you mentioned that you started creating your your own brand, like the mm -hmm. a brand that you wanted to represent. And I think a lot of people get lost in, whether it's with Beachbody or, or some other company or in a job, thinking that they have to be just tied to that one thing. But I think the more that someone identifies who they are individually, what their brand is, how they can help people, the better you'll be able to serve other people. So tell us, uh, so you were doing body coaching, partnered with the, the company Beachbody, now Body, and then you decide you decide you wanted to create your own programs, correct? With your own brand. So how how did that look? What did what does that look like starting a business like that? Yeah. So you know, a lot of body partners come in as like fitness enthusiasts, right? They get their own transformation. And I, as an instructor and personal trainer, because I started to get my certifications under my belt, I felt like I had more to offer in the world other than just being, you know, a, a representative of a company. I wanted to kind of like put my name on something. Yeah. Um, I am a creator. I, I love thinking of um, I love building something from scratch. I love the the whole idea of creation from start to finish. And I knew I had something in me where I wanted to to not just 
be a representative of products, but I wanted it to be my own. And I, I wanted to have that like ownership of it. So I was a body partner for a good solid three years. And I kind of just like had that, you know, end of life question where it's like, you know, if you could, if you could go back in time, like at, at the end of your life, last day on earth, if you could go back in time, like what would be your biggest regret? And my biggest regret when I answered that was like, not allowing myself to pursue my ultimate dream, which is to become, you know, a, a big fitness trainer that everyone knows um, and, and create my own, my own products or my own brand. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I had something bigger for me. Yeah. And so I felt like the path of being a body partner just wasn't aligned with what I really, truly wanted on the inside. And so it was really, really hard to make that decision, but I did end up, you know, making that, that decision to kind of retire, um, as a body partner and go build my own brand and do my own thing. So I started to kind of develop my own brand, put myself out there. Um, this is a long span of like, I'm honestly going to say like five, six, seven years of me just trying to make a name for myself. I was putting myself out there on social media, um, was putting myself out there on YouTube. I created a bunch of different like four week programs. I did PDFs. I did, you know, um, a, a workout program online that you could purchase. You don't see those now because they're long gone and um, they're definitely not the the highest quality, um, but I had to make those mistakes. I had to um, put it out there, fail forward, learn what, you know, what the heck am I doing when it comes to online marketing and online business and, and just kind of work my way up to where I am now. So um, it, it's, it's crazy because it's full circle um, during the pandemic uh, when everything got shut down, I, I lost a lot of streams of income because I was still a, a working trainer. Um, and so during that time, I really had to dive into the online space. And that's when Beachbody was starting to develop the body platform. And it's just crazy how, you know, what started my fitness journey is now what I do now, but I'm on the other side of it. I am now the trainer and no longer the kind of the body coach, the body representative, I'm now the trainer. So it's just such a cool full circle moment because like Beachbody changed my life and now I'm a part of it in a different way. And it's just so rewarding to, to know that like the, the decision that I made like seven years ago was the right decision. And I didn't know it at the time, yeah. but now I realize like that, that was the right decision for me. Yeah. And I think, what was that question you, you asked again? Like if you get to the end of your life that. Yeah. Like imagine uh, yourself on the last day of your life, what would be your biggest regret if you looked back at your life? I love that. Yeah. And then I answered it. I was just like, I would totally regret not going for my dream, no matter how hard it gets. Like I still, to this day, have those doubts in, in entrepreneurship. I'm like, am I cut out for this? Like, it, it seems so much simpler to get like a W-2 job and get that nine to five and get that like 401k, like health benefits, all those things. Sometimes yeah. it's easy to go back to that. But I'm just like, I would rather hustle and 
and take a lower paycheck, so to speak, knowing that like I am pursuing something that is my own and that I can, I can far, you know, exceed the, the results that I can get from like a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know 100%. So Gabby and I often have that conversation. So, you know, we're, we do multiple vacation rentals. We, we lead our body partner business. I have this podcast. I have some other projects that are not announced that I'm working on. So all of these things are like entrepreneur type things. No, there's no nine to five. There's no guaranteed paycheck. And sometimes when I'm having our weekly date, that we do on Thursdays, I'm like, man, sometimes like I tell her, I love our life. I love this freedom that we could be on a date in the middle of a Thursday that I could take my, the kids out of school. I could take them to the cabin. I can drive my kids to school. Like I love all that freedom. I would never trade it for anything, but man, it would be so easy to clock in at eight and like, just be told to write a manual like I used to, and then (laughs) come home at five and never think it about it until the next day. So easy. (laughs) We joke about that all the time. But I believe just like you, that I was meant to create, like I feel more alive creating and and doing things the way that I want, right? Like mm-hmm. creating what you want. And, and I see that a lot of that in you. I love seeing the big circle of your life transformation too, because I've been with you at team retreats back in the day and heard a lot of your stories. So I am incredibly proud that you pursued your passion. And that you Thank went you. after what you went for. And, and I have to tell you, when you when you say your big dream, like is to be a trainer that, that everybody knows about, I can tell you when I'm running my groups right now, we, we have this program and they're supposed to do steady state cardio. Almost every single one of them is I'm doing steady state with Jenny J. Like they're doing a bike <laughs> really? ride with Jenny. Yeah, oh, all my it. people. And and to be That's honest awesome. with you, none of, them, none of them know that you are the started with us in a group just like they're in right now but they yeah. love you. So Aww. you're there, you're their bike trainer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. They, for they absolutely that. love you. So, so you're an entrepreneur, you're doing, you're working on your projects. You have uh, your retreats that you're hosting that you mentioned to me, you know, mm-hmm. you're a trainer for body. Uh, you have your own brand. Is there a common misunderstanding about being an entrepreneur that you think people should know about? I think social media makes it seem like it's so freaking easy to hit seven figures. It's like, yeah. oh, just promote this product product and be an affiliate. And like, that's all you got to do. And it's like, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been at this for 10 years, you know, and I've had seasons of highs and lows and I've had seasons where where I had to take a corporate job. I had to go go back to a nine to five because I wasn't making enough money in my online business. And so people just, I think, inflate their numbers, but they don't show really what's going on behind the scenes. So I think it's important for people who are pursuing an online business or entrepreneurship that those flashy numbers that you see um, are just the tip of the iceberg. They do not see what's going on underneath. They don't know how much profit they're making. They might have big revenue numbers, but their profit might be terrible. Um, and you know, there's a yeah, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to entrepreneurship online. So I think that's something that you should just kind of be aware of and remember that 
I think slow and steady is much more successful than like a quick win, right? Yeah. There's there's going to be those overnight millionaires who like get famous on TikTok and then they're making millions of dollars, but there's no sustainability. There's no foundation. There's no structure that's backing them. And so they're just going to be, you know, someone you think about for a season and then they're like long gone and you're like wondering where, what happened to those people. But it's like those who are doing their personal development, they're, they're going to the, the networking events, they're doing the, the work, the personal growth work. Those are the people who are going to be the most successful in the long run. Yeah. I love that you shared that. One of the, one of the main reasons I started this podcast is I wanted to interview business owners and high-level athletes so that people out there that are trying to do something big with their life, whether it's be a pro someday in in the NFL or the MLB or as a dancer, or they want to start their own business, that they know the hard work and learn from people that have done it to be like, no, this is what you are to expect. So I love that you shared that. Um, that it's a, I think that's a valuable piece of information of it takes laying a lot of groundwork, a lot of consistency. Um, and I love that you shared that while pursuing this passion, after asking yourself that deep question of, am I doing what, you know, are there going to be any regrets that you had a rough year and you went and got a nine to five, but you didn't stop pursuing your passion. I think too often, sometimes I see someone say like they, they start a business they're like, this is my passion. It gets hard. They're in a financial bind and they quit that and maybe go try something else or go back and get a nine to five. And I'm like, no, do the nine to five or get the job to sustain you for a little bit, but keep working on that, that dream that you have. Don't give up on that dream, whatever it is. Yeah, so. I totally agree with that. What's, what's one of the hardest challenges you've had to over ever overcome in running your own business or being an entrepreneur? I think figuring out my thing. <laughs> yeah. And what I mean by that is there's so many ways to build a business. There's so many things you can do. You can create PDFs. You can create a subscription. You can, um, be an affiliate for a product. You can be, you know, you can join multi-level marketing. You can, there's so many different things. And I have created so many different programs and products that no one knows about because they're long gone. They're just in my Google drive and they're there to, you know, collect dust in the virtual space. Um, so I think the hardest part was just figuring out what's going to stick and what can I sustainably promote forever. I, you know, and so I've, I've created a bunch of different things, but I think the one thing that I finally figured out for myself is having a community. Um, I am the founder of empower you. It's a community for women who are all striving to reach their health and fitness goals. And that has been the most successful program slash product I've created because it runs itself, because I'm not the one who has to consistently put effort into it yeah. because it's a community. People are not necessarily running the group, but it's, it's self-sustaining because they are talking to each other. They're engaging. They feel like they're a part of something and I don't have to put all of this mental energy to keep it running. 
And as long as I provide valuable content on a monthly basis, it's going to keep running. And what's amazing about it is when people love the product, they are the best referrals for other people to join. And so marketing gets easier. Um, Proof of concept becomes easier because they're sharing all of their wins in the group. And those are perfect testimonials that I can put, put on a sales page or on Instagram. And so I've, I think the hardest part was getting to this moment where it's like, I finally have something that's sticking and, and is scalable, right? Because once we've created the community, once we've created the product, all we need to do is start adding in more people. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, I think that's the best gift that all of the mistakes and the failures um, that I've had in the past. That's, that has been the greatest gift for sure. Thank you for sharing that. What's the name of your community again, in case anybody wants to look you up in that. Empower you. Empower you. Awesome. Yeah. So we open up doors just four times a year because we don't want people to come in and out the door very Mm -hmm. quickly. It's a very exclusive, intimate community of women. And so we want women as they come in to feel supported and feel like they're a part of something. So we put them into like little cohorts every single time they enroll, you know, they are the newbies and then they get acclimated with the the older members. And then we bring in members like every, every quarter or so. So um, we're opening up our doors next month. So in case you're interested, um, we can, we can, I can put the information and send it to you. Yeah. If you send it to me, I'll make sure to put it in the description. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now, so you're doing all these things. You're, you're, you have your community that you're running and you're about to host a retreat with that community. Uh, You're a trainer for body uh, as well. Does work ever overwhelm you? And if so, like, how do you balance that or how do you deal with that? Mm. I think Last year, if you were to ask me that, I would say absolutely. Yeah. But I think this year I've gotten a lot smarter and I have simplified the business so that we're only focusing on maybe one, two projects a quarter. Um, I reduce overwhelm by making sure that I have a team. Um, I have a total of three three virtual assistants, um, two, two main ones that just help me run the business. And... I delegate a lot of things to them. As soon as we create a system, I'm writing an SOP for it. I'm writing exactly how to do it. And I just send it off to them and they're able to take that off of my plate. So that has been very helpful. Um, The second thing that I do is I time block my calendar. I have so many different projects that I work on. So I make sure, you know, from 10 to 12, I'm focusing on this project. And then from one to three, I'm focusing on this project. And so I really tried to prioritize and really like hone in on like, I got to finish this project within this time. And once that time is done, I'm moving on to the next. So that really helps. Um, And then I would say, I I don't know. I think I've built a, a capacity to take on a lot in general. And I would rather be overwhelmed than bored. So I kind of reframe the overwhelm as like, this, this is what you've been dreaming about. This is what you've been dreaming for. 
be grateful for all of these freaking projects that you're a part of because you would have wished for this 10 years ago. So I just try to reframe it. And um, yeah. I love that. Reframing. That's, that's an interesting topic. I haven't talked about a lot or heard, heard talked about a lot. Um, it just makes me think, um, you know, we could do that with anything in our life. Reframe the way that we look at it. And I love that the way that you just said, like, instead of feeling like overwhelmed, I have so many projects. You're like, I'm grateful that I have all of this work or that I'm not mm -hmm. bored. So thank you for sharing that. That's, I'm, I'm taking some mental note of that as well. And Reframing I was, is huge, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. That is like the one thing I can take away from a therapy is learning how to reframe your stories. It's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was feeling the word overwhelmed throughout the Christmas holidays. You know, we're building two houses and I had a flood in one of the houses and it's Christmas time and all the tax bills are due for all the houses and building our business. There were, you know, there's some changes starting my podcast at the same time. And I was just feeling over, like I was had that feeling of overwhelm. And then it was one of my mentors, Brendan Bruchard, who was, mm -hmm. who told me in the moment, he's like, don't begrudge the work. Like if you wanted to have this life, then just know that that comes with it. Like mm -hmm. those, those types of things come with it. Having mm -hmm. multiple properties comes multiple tax bills, <laughs> but it also yeah. comes with the income that comes from it or whatever you might be getting from that business model as well. So don't begrudge the work. Exactly. The things too. And I, I couldn't be, some people ask me like, what do you, are you ever going to retire? Like I I've been asked that before, like stop working on whatever projects they might be, whether it's body or some other thing. And I'm like, I don't think I could, like I wake up and I have to work out. I love to read and study and learn. And I like to talk with people and help them solve their problems. So I don't ever mm -hmm. see a retirement date. I would be bored. I would be bored. I would yeah. just not know what to do with myself. So I will not be retiring. <laughs> Love, so, it. Love and, it. And it's kind of cool. I, I, I interviewed one of my friends, Craig Holiday, who was one of my mentors in the beginning. And he's 74 now. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, he's retired in a way. Like he moved to Southern, um, down to Southern Utah, but he's like still like coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, like business consulting. And I'm like, in some of us, it's just there. Like you'll always be helping women, mm -hmm. I imagine, with mm -hmm. their body issues or with their nutrition or their fitness. That's mm -hmm. like who you are. So I think so. Yeah, in some way. And even if it's not, like I could see myself maybe transitioning from fitness to more life coaching or personal yeah. growth or something like that. But again, the, the common theme is going to be like helping women just get better, yeah. optimize their life, get better in, in every sense of the, of their lives. I love that. And I think that's why you're so consistent in your work because you know what you, you know, how you want to serve people and what, what makes you feel good. What part of your career do you like the best right now? What's the most fulfilling part? Um, honestly, body has been extremely fulfilling for me because I love the community that it provides. I love being on stage. I love performing. You know, I was a dancer growing up my entire life. So I love the spotlight. Um, and it's just so much fun. I mean, the, the company is amazing. The people are amazing. 
Um, what I do is something that not a lot of people have the opportunity to do. So I am always so grateful when I'm there. Yeah. And so I, I love that piece of gratitude. I think that will help anybody in any area of their life is just being so grateful for where you're at or what you've gone through to get to where you're at. Um, one of my next questions I want to ask you is there's going to be people watching this that want to start a business. That's like, they, they want to do something. Uh, they might not know what it is yet. They might know what it is, but what's one piece of advice you would give someone what are, or some pieces of advice you'd give to someone that's like, I want to start my own business. I want to be my own boss one day. Mm. I really think that whatever business you're going to be in, make sure that you are fully in love with what it is you're selling. Because some people buy into businesses because of the numbers that they think it'll generate, but they don't have heart in it. And I think that's why businesses will fail is if you don't have heart in it. Yeah. And I think that's what has helped me push through all of the failures and mistakes that I've had this last decade. It's because I am passionate about what I do. If I were selling cell phones, <laughs> I would be done like one year in because I'm not passionate about cell phones, but what I do, I really, um, I, I feel what my customers feel. I feel their struggles. I feel their problems. And I like want to like reach through the computer, reach through, through the phone and help them if I could. But you know, what, what I can't, I, all I can do is, you know, focus on, on what I can do, which is provide one-on-one -on -one coaching or, or community support or whatever. Um, so I think you have to really fall in love with what it is you're selling or else you'll, you'll burn out, you'll get overwhelmed. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to think, Oh, you know, entrepreneurship is not for me. Yeah. Um, you're going to experience all of those things. So you have to fully love everything it is that you're selling. A hundred percent. And I think, this, this life in this world is so weird. It's like, I think I, I believe so many people and are doing things that they don't love. Like I think about my own life when I, when I went to, to college, I went to be a dental lab technician because I knew my cousin made a good income doing it. And I was like, I just wanted to make the income. I made it through school because I'm a hard worker, top of my class. But then within one year, I was like, I absolutely hate sitting back here with goggles on looking through a little microscope, making teeth, like <laughs> miserable. Right. But I, mm -hmm. I, I went into that career because I just thought I would have a good income or a good career mm -hmm. from it. So I think it's important piggybacking off of what you shared is that you, whether it's in a job or starting your own business need to find something that is fulfilling because you only have one life here. So you better might as well do something that you love with exactly. your time. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be hard parts, even though you love doing what you do, there's going to be hard days. Someone quits on you or someone mm -hmm. don't un unload some of their lifelong trauma on you. And it, you absorb mm -hmm. that, like there's going to be hard things, but it's something that you love to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a question. Um, what do you can, what or who do you contribute your success to? Like, what are some things? I mean you're talking about who like 
but it could be what or who I mean it could be your mom putting you in dance at the age of two it could yeah. be like multiple things yeah I am I mean just like you I love personal development in every way books podcasts um I'm a huge podcast listener um I would say just off of off at the top of my head Shalene Johnson was a big business mentor um and fitness mentor um still follow her still love her uh James Wedmore uh, is a really great business man who who's amazing um i i follow his business by design system um there's also other people that i just like to hear from um i like Lori harder's podcast chris harder um mel abraham he's all about finance i listen to um finance podcasts um just business podcasts in general i'm just like a sponge i just try to take it all in so i can't pinpoint like any one person but I think it's the culmination of all of these people who are sharing their knowledge for free to help me be better as a person and there's so much out there there's so many so many books that you could read so many podcasts youtube videos of just incredible knowledge of people that have gone through what you're going to go through in life and share their experience Mm -hmm. so I, I say take advantage of every single one of those, right? Yeah. Um, what's a hardship in your life? What what hardship taught you the most in your life? What's a hardship you went through that taught you the most? Ah, oh, goodness. Well, I already have touched on <laughs> business hardship. Yeah. Um, I would say if we're going to get really personal and deep hardship with my dad, because he, he left our family at like 10 years old. And I think a lot of the, the feelings of not enoughness stemmed from that experience. And so I had to work through like a lot of therapy to kind of heal that, that hole that was missing Mm -hmm. in my life. And so, yeah, I feel like that's, that's really what has stemmed, um, has been the root of my own self-esteem issues. And thankfully now after like therapy and healing and building a better relationship with him, I've been able to heal that and, and truly love and accept myself. And I do feel enough and I do feel like I can accept and, and, you know, love myself fully. Um, so that was probably the biggest hardship, um, that I'm so grateful that I have healed. I'm sure there's, we're never healed, right? We have a whole life to, to kind of heal ourselves from past childhood trauma, but I, I do feel like I've had a huge evolution when it comes to my own confidence, um, after kind of dealing with that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know people might see you riding your bike, you know, teaching the class and all full of energy and spunk and excitement. And they don't know that part. And they think mm-hmm. maybe you've always been like that. So they look at, may, might look at you and be like, Oh, I could never be like that because I've been through this or because I dealt with this. So mm-hmm. I think it's powerful that you shared that and you shared some of what it taught you and I, I love that you, that you shared that. And, and I love that you mentioned that you went through some therapy, that you 
worked, you know, you're working on that relationship and have learned through that. Is there any other things through, uh, from that experience that, that you've learned or that, that that experience has taught you that you could pass on to someone else? Mm, I would say, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, (laughs) but, um, the relationship with your children really do matter. And so if I ever do have children down the road, like I really want to make sure that that relationship with them is solid and that I affirm to them that they are enough and that they are loved and just constantly repeat that message because we like as children, we are sponges and we develop our truths and beliefs in the world very early on. And we're very impressionable. So I think what you say to them and and how you behave in front of them really, really matters in those impressionable years. So I definitely think that like, that's my big takeaway. If I ever are to become a mom is to, is to really set a good example so that they can, so that they don't have to deal with the confidence issues that I dealt with and the body dysmorphia. Like I can't help what they're going to experience when they go to school or what they're looking TikTok or Instagram, but like I can do my darndest best um, yeah. at home. So yeah, and I believe you're going to be one of the best when that day comes. Mm-hmm. Thank that'll you. Be, that'll be that'll be exciting. That'll be an exciting journey to watch. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's fun. You know, you were you were talking earlier about getting clarity about your mission. As you know, I've been running my business for it'll be 13 years this spring, which is crazy. But even recently over the past six months, I've gotten more clarity on my mission. So I loved when you shared like how that process was for you. And mine is to help people understand the importance that their their family is the most important work on earth. And and it's it goes fast. Like my oldest is 17, she'll be 18 this year. And so my mission, although like the majority of what I do is help people with the programs and the supplements and the meal plans, like what I really want is like, I know, and you know, they could go, they could eliminate eating processed foods, drink more water, get more rest, meditate, walk, ride a bike, do some exercises, and they're, they're going to feel better. They don't always need a, a, a really structured plan that they, mm-hmm. they can do those things. Um, I, we do have those tools. You have those tools. I have those tools. And I know that it will help having that structure, but the way that I really want to help them is just helping them understand that by doing those things, they're going to be a better parent. They're going to be able to be more present as they work on themselves and, and be Mm -hmm. that example for, for their kids and their future generations. So uh, I just have a couple more questions that I want to ask you about today. So man, just thinking back, it's like, over 10 years ago, we first met and then you've walked us kind of through your journey and where you're at right now. Um, Are you living like you thought you would five years ago? Like if you look five years back, are you living a life that that you thought you would, that you envisioned? Gosh, I, I'd hope so. (laughs) I I don't know if that's the right answer, but there's no right answer. I had big dreams when I was like in my mid twenties and, and I'm, yeah, no, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with where I'm at in life. Um, I still feel like I am in the beginning stages of life and business and my career. And I think 
the best is yet to come. I still haven't reached like my peak. And even if I do reach my peak, I'm probably going to still say the best is yet to come because there's always that next level. Um, And I am very satisfied. I'm very content with where I'm at. And I'm also looking forward to the future as well. I love that. I'm proud of where you're at. And I know great things are coming for you in the future as well. I'm so I'm, I'm a little over 10 years older than you are. And I had this conversation recently with a couple of my business partners. And I was like, I'm, and I use the word only, I'm like, I'm only going to be 43 this summer. I was like, if I were at a nine to five job or stayed on that path, I would still have more than, I would have close to 25 years left of clocking into a job. And I was like, we've only been building this business for 13 years. Like we aren't, we're just getting started. Like there's so much more for us to accomplish and to do. So Mm -hmm. I think your answer is perfect. Like satisfied with where I'm at yet hungry and knowing that there's more out there. So what, where do you see yourself five years from now? What do you see Jenny Haushin doing? What do you see your community? What's the vision that you have? I would hope that Empower You has scaled to couple hundred members um, running retreats on a consistent basis, maybe one to three times a year, um, building out my YouTube channel, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, just making, uh, continuing to make a name for myself, um, building a very sustainable business where I can, where I don't have to necessarily be the face all the time for it, even though it's my name. Um, but I want to be able to build a business where I, I don't have to necessarily show up, um, every single day for it to run. Um, that's, that's my intention and, um, just enjoying a, a quote unquote balanced life. I want to be able to still make time for, um, play and, you know, go on vacations and cook healthy meals. And who knows by that time I might be having one or two babies. So being a mom. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. Yeah. Well, to wrap this up, I want to ask you, what are you most proud of? What is Jenny proud of? Um, I'm proud of my consistency. I know we've talked about this like a bunch of times on other um, interviews, but I, I definitely think I'm one of the most consistent people I know. And I think that's the true indicator of my success is that I am willing to show up every single day and do the things that I need to do to hit my goals. Um, you know, I, for example, YouTube is like a new platform for me. I am relaunching it and it's getting like no views. I mean, I have over 800,000 followers on TikTok. I have 27,000 followers on Instagram. I have 16,000 on YouTube. It was, it is growing, but I get like close to like less than a hundred views on a single YouTube video. And I put hours into creating it and it's not getting any return on my investment, but I have the discipline to continue showing up, knowing that it's not paying, like giving me what I, what I know it deserves monetarily it's not giving me that yet, but I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to stay consistent with that to, to see the fruits of my labor 
maybe two, three, four, five years down the road. So I, I know what I'm working towards and I'm willing to delay that gratification uh, to reach that goal. So I think um, just discipline, consistency, and, and staying, staying with the vision for, for what I want in, in my career and just being willing to kind of put your head down and, and just do it. Just do it no matter what you feel yeah, like. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Man, I've, I feel like we could go another hour just talking about the vision and then staying <laughs> consistent and doing it whether you feel like it or not. But yeah, we won't do that on this occasion. Um, Jenny, I just want to say how grateful I am that you took the time out of your busy schedule with all your pro- projects to come share a little bit of your life and your experience with uh, our followers and, and the viewers of this podcast. And I just want to say how proud I am of you, of everything you've accomplished. And I believe also that you're just getting started, that I know that your YouTube channel is going to blow up and it's going to help so many people and your community is going to grow and and you're going to be hosting some of the coolest retreats that are available out there. So thank you for being on here. Thank you, Scotty. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this incredible episode with Jenny Hauschen. And we hope that you enjoyed the content that we shared with you today and invite you to send this to some friends. We'll see you next time. And don't forget that your leveled up life is just a few decisions away.